with us your first thoughts on scripture. Hello, everyone, and welcome to um, what is and isn't the first first thoughts of the new year. How about that? Well, yeah, we. Uh, How's about that? Like to see beat somebody see make see somebody beat that metaphysical state of being. It simultaneously exists and does not exist as the first first thoughts of the year because yeah they can't do it can't do it nope but we're here uh, and we're excited to be here because we're continuing our study of the the Gospel of Mark. Uh, which this is our third week into this study, and we're mm-hmm. going chunk by chunk, bit by bit, verse by verse. Mm-hmm. And uh, Damon talked about John the Baptizer and preparing the way, and mm-hmm. um, Jesus getting baptized and gathering his first disciples. And then I talked about Jesus' first healing miracles three right in a row, boom, boom, boom. Yeah. The unclean spirit and uh, Peter's mother in law. And then a whole bunch. And then a whole bunch, which aren't named specifically. Mm-hmm. And then the man with leprosy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we made it through chapter one of the Gospel of Mark <laughs> in three weeks. No, two. That was two weeks. This is our third two week. Weeks. And we're now on chapter two of mm-hmm. the Gospel of Mark. Yeah. It's dense. It's, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like a good brownie. Like a good, <laughs> yeah, that's definitely the metaphor I was going to go for. That's spot on. Dense like a good brownie. Yeah, I. That's you, what you want. You know what's denser than a brownie, though? It's fudge. Well, sure, but it's not fudge-like. No, <laughs> it's. <laughs> don't, don't be ridiculous <laughs> with your metaphors and analogies. Indeed. Uh, who are we? Uh, this is the Monday. No, this is the first thoughts. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm Greg Allen Pickett, one of the pastors of First Presbyterian Church, Hastings, Nebraska. Joined by I'm Damon Jensen Heitman, uh, the other pastor at First Pres Hastings. And what do we do on first thoughts, Damon? We give our first thoughts on whatever scripture that we're going to use for the upcoming Sunday. In this case, it happens to be a portion of chapter two of the Gospel of Mark. We read it. We do a little miniature Bible study. We ask questions of the text. We allow the question, hopefully, to ask questions of us or of our context, I suppose, in general. And, and then that's about it, really. That's kind of what we do. It's, a, it's sort of an opening. It's a beginning it's, it's to a the week. First thoughts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, And we start with prayer. We do. Whose turn is it for a prayer? I'm lost. I'll do it. All right. Let's pray. Loving and gracious God, as we gather together and as we return to your holy word, I ask that your spirit of uh, wisdom, of curiosity, of intrigue and inspiration might be with us. Help us in these passages, in these words, to find the message that you have for us. In your gracious and loving name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, Mark chapter 2. This is 1 through 22. Um, I think I'm going to read a bit of it and then stop. Okay. And then, and then we can come back to it. Sounds Does good. Seem fair? Yeah. Uh, when he returned, it reads something like this. When he returned, he, here is Jesus. When he returned to Capernaum after some days, 
it was reported that he was at home. So many gathered around that there, that there was no longer room for them, not even in front of the door. And he was speaking the word to them. Then some people came, bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. When they could not bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And after having dug through it, they let down the mat on which the paralytic lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some of the scribes were sitting there questioning in their hearts, Why does this fellow speak in this way? It is blasphemy. Who can forgive sins but God alone? At once Jesus perceived in his spirit that they were discussing these questions among themselves, and he said to them, Why do you raise such questions in your hearts? Which is easier, to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Stand up and take your mat and walk. But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, stand up, take your mat, and go to your home. And he stood up, and immediately took the mat, and went out before all of them, so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. We're going to pause there. Okay. Uh, what, do you, what do you got? What do you think? What jumps out to you? Yeah. Um, there's a lot in there. Mm-hmm. And that's only half of uh, what we're going to be reading today. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The, one, uh, some of that, uh, the word reported, I, I just think is an interesting word mm. <laughs> to use there. Um, because you would like, like word spread would be, like, why not say word spread uh, instead of reported? Reported just seems, I don't know, maybe there was, like, a town crier or something. Um, And I was thinking about, I have experience with this. I don't know if you do or not. It it was, there was a practice in small town newspapers that there would be an out and about section. Mm -hmm. And it would have information, like, Janice and John went and played cards with Ruth and and Chuck. So like it would be reported in the newspaper that folks would do that, right? Or so and so is home uh, visiting their mom and dad for a week. <laughs> it's it, I just think it's a weird word, yeah, to have in there. But how's your uh, biblical geography? Um. Uh, uh, out of shape. Probably. I'm wondering, is Capernaum in Nazareth? Because we read when he returned to Capernaum after some days, it was reported he was at home. And yeah. When we talk about Jesus, it's Jesus of Nazareth. So mm-hmm. is Nazareth within Capernaum? Or is uh, Jesus home shifted? That's my question. Hmm. Well, it's reported as being his home earlier in the chapter, isn't it? There, you look at that one. Okay. I'll grab the one that has maps. Yes. Static. So in Mark 1, Mm -hmm. um, Jesus and his followers went into Capernaum. Immediately on the Sabbath, Jesus entered the synagogue and started teaching in Capernaum. But it doesn't specify 
And this is when suddenly there in the synagogue a person with an evil spirit screamed, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Mm-hmm. Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are. Um, then they leave the synagogue and go to Simon's house, or Simon's mother-in-law's house, and the ministry spreads. And Jesus says, Let's head out in another direction to nearby villages so I can preach there too. That's why I've come. So he travels throughout Galilee and then cleans the, or cleanses the man with leprosy. And then after a few days, Jesus goes back to Capernaum and people heard that he was at home. Mm-hmm. And I'm just curious if... I assume that it's... Nazareth is part of Capernaum? There's Nazareth. There's Nazareth. Here's Capernaum. So those are two different cities within the Galilee region. Yeah. So Jesus' home has shifted now from Nazareth to Capernaum. Yeah. Or he has a home in Capernaum. You read in there somewhere where it defines his home as Nazareth in the Gospel of Mark? Well, uh, the unclean spirit says Jesus of Nazareth. So that's, that's where he was you know, there's an interesting thing, and in I was talking about this with the Bible, the Tuesday Bible study last week, mm-hmm. and that because you can read the, the Gospel of Mark as so in that baptism scene, the heavens are torn open; mm-hmm. um, they don't open. <laughs> so if they're torn open, they can't be closed again. And there's this like the divider between heaven and earth has been torn asunder. And we see this reflected later at the crucifixion, Mm -hmm. right? And that, which means that, like, the divine is just on the loose in the world. And so, in some ways, right, like, to say then that Jesus is of Nazareth and of Capernaum, he's just, he's the divine, and, like, he's just on the loose in the world, and like all of these places are his home, yeah. In some way, okay. shape, or form, right? I like that interpretation. Um, yeah, which is like, like the Gospel of Mark seems like this and this and this and this and this and this, mm-hmm. um, and it's just kind of like the divine just popping up anywhere, at any time. Yeah. Um, immediately. So, I, I guess a person could read it that way. Yeah. If they wanted to, but I I like it. <laughs> um, we often refer to Jesus as as being homeless, of not having a home. Sure. Um, and so it's interesting when you come across him being home. Mm-hmm. Um, so, anyways, uh, that is literally the first verse of Mark two, and we've got a lot more to cover. So. <laughs> There's lots of things. I mean, in chapter one, there's there's lots of homes. Um, maybe not lots, but they also like they specifically go to Simon's mother-in-law's home, home. Mm-hmm. yeah, um, and hang out there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so many gather around the door that there is no longer. So many gathered around that there was no so many gathered that there was no longer room for them. Not even in front of the door. Right. But this is at Jesus' home. Yeah. And he's preaching to them. He's speaking the word to them. Mm-hmm. Then some people came with a paralyzed man, can't get in, so they cut a hole in the roof, lower him down. Mm-hmm. Son, your sins are forgiven because of the faith of his friends. And some scribes are like, yo, 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 no, this can't happen. Why does this fellow speak in this way? It's blasphemy. 
who can forgive sins but God alone? Mm-hmm. That question, who can forgive sins but God alone, I have, uh, I put brackets around and I wrote to the side, that's a fair question uh-huh. for the scribes. Yep. Right? Like, it's a very scribe question. Yeah, and like it's a legitimate yep. <laughs> question to ask. Um, this is another one of those passages where the tone that you assume that Jesus is taking makes a big difference. Scribes get a bad rap mm-hmm. because, yeah. Right. And when Jesus responds, why do you raise such questions in your hearts? Mm-hmm. That could also be a fair question. Yeah. And they, it could just be at like, tell me more about what you are thinking mm-hmm. when you, like I see you kind of whispering among yourselves. Like, Seeking to understand. Yeah. Like what's, yep. what's going on. Right. And then there's like, we're going to read more of this passage, but Jesus gets a lot of questions. Yeah. Um, and it could be antagonistic or it could just be like, well, I thought authentic curiosity and yeah. sort of faith seeking understanding type yeah. stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, well, I thought God, I thought only God could forgive sins. So what's, what's going on with mm-hmm. this? Yeah. Also the scribes <laughs> reappearing after in the first chapter, we're told that Jesus doesn't teach like the scribes. Mm-hmm. And then they pop back up. Yeah. And like we are these highlighting more of the scribes are not hanging out in the synagogue. They are hanging out in Jesus' house listening to him speak the word. Yeah, they showed up. Right. Mm-hmm. That's an important yeah, yeah, important detail. Yeah, they came out um <laughs> to see what was going on, it would it would seem. Yep. Right. Um and then well, we then in verse nine no ten uh but so that you may know that the son of man has authority on earth to forgive sins that word authority uh is a repetition from chapter one Mm -hmm. as well right um the one who is more powerful than i speaks with authority Mm -hmm. yeah yeah right yep he shows up in the synagogue and what is this a new teaching with authority yes which always reminds me of nba jam but that's a totally Aside, sort of a thing. <laughs> that was one of the announcers on NBA Jam, like with authority. With authority. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That could be helpful to you in your sermon prep. Uh, unlikely, but thank you. Go back and play some NBA Jam. Yeah. And you're referencing a like late '90s, early 2000s video when game. Did NBA Jam come out? '94. Bill Clinton was in it as a secret character. So Bill Clinton was a thing. Before? Something like that, maybe? 92? We're talking about a video game, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you want to arcade basketball game. Yeah. NBA Jam. All right. <laughs> Moving on. Well, that was good stuff. <laughs> um, also, I find interesting in verse 12 here. Mm-hmm. Uh, he stood up uh, so that they were all amazed and glorified God. I'm not sure who the they is referencing. Right. It could be the scribes. It could be uh, everybody, everybody gathered. Everybody it could there. Be the, the paralytics for friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, and glorified God saying, we have never seen anything like this. They must not have been there a few days ago when Jesus was there doing the exact same thing. Healing people left and right. <laughs> right. Right. 
to whoever the they is. Missed out on the first round of healings. I guess so. Because they've never seen anything like yeah. this, even though Jesus has been doing this now for a few days. Yeah, and the whole town was there earlier as right. well. In Capernaum. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's a big town. <laughs> it could, it, uh, yeah. Like and if, they were at the back of the crowd and couldn't see what was going on at the front. Like if I went and did uh, preach a sermon up in Lachlan, it's mm-hmm. not necessarily that the people who live in South Hastings would hear about my sermon until I showed up in South Hastings and preached a sermon there. And they were like, we've never heard anything like this. Yeah, that, yeah, it's it certainly could be. Yeah, I feel as though that text says like that the whole town is at the house, but yeah, yeah, but whatever the reason, they missed it, and they've never seen anything like this. Never seen anything like this. But now they've seen it. Yep. And now they believe, <laughs> so they are amazed and glorifying God. Yeah, whoever they are. I like amazed and glorifying God. That's mm-hmm. that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So there we go. Should we should we continue on? Let's let's do that. Okay. Uh, so let me read. Turn. I'm going to read verse twelve and then continue. And the paralytic man stood up and immediately took the mat and went out before all of them, so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, "We have never seen anything like this." Jesus went out again beside the sea. The whole crowd gathered around him, and he taught them. As he was walking along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax booth. And he said to him, Follow me. And he got up and followed him. And as he sat at dinner in Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were also sitting with Jesus and his disciples. For there were many who followed him. When the scribes of the Pharisees saw that he was eating with sinners and tax collectors, they said to his disciples, Why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? When Jesus heard this, he said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who, but those who are sick. I have come to call not the righteous, but sinners. Now John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting, and people came to him and said, Why do John's disciples and the disciples of, Je- of, of the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? Jesus said to them, The wedding guests cannot fast while the bridegroom is with them, can they? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast on that day. No one sews a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old cloak. Otherwise, the patch pulls away from it, the new from the old, and a worse tear is made. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the wine will burst the skins, and the wine is lost. And so are the skins. But one puts new wine into fresh wineskins. That's that's it. That's the that's the rest of the passage. That's it? Yeah. What do you got? I mean, there's a certain sense here that Jesus is like enjoying hanging out with the people and sharing meals together, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he says to Levi, follow me, but in turn, he goes to Levi's house and has a big meal with the tax collectors and other sinners, and they're feasting together. And the scribes of the Pharisees come up and like, how could he do this? And Jesus is like, how could you not? That's why I'm here, right? And And then we learn that the disciples of John would be John the baptizer, and the disciples of the Pharisees are all fasting. So these are people who are not following not yet following Jesus, they're following these other 
figures that have that have right. leadership or authority. Mm-hmm. And people come to him and say, well, John's disciples are fasting and the Pharisees' disciples are fasting. How come your followers, yeah, how come your disciples aren't fasting? And Jesus is like, if the bridegroom's here, you, you, this, is, this is your chance to eat with them. Because the party's here. Let's eat. Yeah. Let's mm-hmm. share a meal. Eventually, the bridegroom will be here with you. And so you'll have an opportunity to fast. But right now, let's, uh, let's, let's enjoy this. Let's, yeah. let's enjoy our time together. Yeah. And that's kind of similar to at least how I read like the opening of the, of chapter one mm-hmm. of Jesus being a, like a, a continuation of, and the next step in the message that John was proclaiming. Yeah. Right. Um, and Jesus now like <laughs> John's putting people into the river <laughs> and Jesus into the water and Jesus is pulling them out mm. and, and saying, like, he's preaching essentially the same sermon. Repent, the kingdom of God is near. Um, but now, like, I'm going to, like, show you, like, what that lived repentance looks like. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. And so here I see a similar sort of dynamic of, like, John's disciples fast, right? And now Jesus is saying, like, now's not the time for fasting. Yeah. Right? Like... Like the baptism in the in the Jordan was good, and now it's time for the next thing. Let's let's right. go let's go do this ministry thing. Yeah, yeah. And the fasting was. He's not necessarily saying that don't fast, right? In fact, he's saying there's going to come another time when people will fast. Yep. But now's not that time. Um, now let's engage in this, right? Like now let's sit down at the table with people and share meals and do whatever else. Yeah. I, I think you've got an extended metaphor there that I like, Damon. Uh, John got the people into the water and mm-hmm. Jesus is pulling them out. And we think of waters as as chaos or uh, transition. And and so it, it's a continuation of the same action. Yeah. Um, and and now Jesus is taking the next step of this is this is what this life is going to look like. I'm going to model this life for you. Mm-hmm. Now that you've accepted this life in the waters of baptism, I'm going to pull you out of the chaos of the waters of baptism and put you on this track. We're still preparing a way. We're still making the ways straight, but we're now we're actually walking on those ways instead of just preparing right. those ways. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now yeah. our feet are moving. Yeah. I think that's a really mm-hmm. beautiful metaphor that you could extend through here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I find it interesting also, um, yeah, now our feet are moving, and what that means is that we're going to sit down at this meal um, that others may think, I'm not entirely, sh- it's not entirely sure, clear what, now they're described as the scribes of the Pharisees, um, what their objection is. And it could be lots of things. It could be like it's it's kind of unseemly, you know, for a, a religious person to be just sitting with people who I, who seem to be more than happy to acknowledge themselves as sinners, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Um, so like it could be that sort of a thing. Um, it could be like a yeah, we know that we should be doing this too. And we don't want to do it. So if you could please not do it, 
then we wouldn't have to. Mm -hmm. um, it could also be like, well, shouldn't he be eating with us? Mm. Sort of a thing. Um, and then, you know, Jesus, I, you know, I've come to call the righteous, not the righteous, but sinners. Yeah. Those who are well have no need of a physician. You all right. think you're well. Why would you need to be hanging out with me? You don't think you need me. Right. These folks who have gathered around this table that are sharing this meal with me, they, they've acknowledged their need for me. They have acknowledged that they are sinners and tax collectors. That's, I'm, I'm here for the folks that are willing to acknowledge that. And isn't that what repentance is all about, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, yeah, and, and Jesus will go on to teach about that, right? Let he who is without sin cast the first stone, and everyone who's holding these stones in their hands looks and goes, oh, right, I'm not as perfect as I thought I was. Yeah, is that a Mark passage? Is that a John passage? Good, good, good question. Oh, that shows up. But this, yeah, yeah, there's, yeah. Certainly, right, like subverting some sort of expectation. Mm -hmm. Whatever that, whatever the basis of that expectation may be. Um, the story seems a lot like the Zacchaeus story, which I think is Lucan. Yes. Um, very similar details. Well, exactly. And if anything, it's possible that Luke built off of this story and gave a name to a different tax collector and a mm -hmm. whole story around that or, or extended it. Well, and what we know about the Gospels is that they, they repeat stories, right? Yeah. Because Jesus did repetitive actions. He'd go do one action in Capernaum, and then he'd go to a different town and do the same thing. So in this town, it was, it was Levi, the tax collector who we met. Sure. In the next town, it might have been... Yeah, there's going to be tax collectors there as well. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and Zacchaeus was, was the next one. And, and we get a few more details around that story, as, as is the case when you get into Matthew and Luke, where there's more details involved. Um, but in this case, this is, the, this is the story upon which this is built. And the same is true with Jesus' uh, preaching, his parables. Right? They're going to be repeated in multiple Gospels, because likely Jesus was telling the same or similar stories each time he preached, Sure. right? If you follow Damer and I to another church, uh, or if we go back to Little Falls, we would find that Damon's actually preaching the same sermons. He's updating them. He's making them appropriate for the context. Yeah. But even if you listen to our preaching, we're actually generally preaching, what, we have about four or five sermons that each of us preach, and we just put different sermon illustrations on there, different, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, in the Gospel of Mark, in, that, in chapter one, they come to him, the disciples come to him and say, hey, like everybody's kind of looking for you. Um, and he says, well, we're gonna, it's time to move on to the next town um, so that I can preach there as right. well. And at the beginning of the chapter, he shows up, he's baptized, he goes and gets tempted, then he reappears mm -hmm. um, and preaching. Mm -hmm. And we hear the sermon. <laughs> the sermon is, repent and believe uh, the kingdom of God draws near or yep. something like that. That's the sermon. Um, then that you would then imagine, yeah, he's going to take that on the road. Yeah, and and then he shows up at Capernaum, and they're all gathered in his house, and he is speaking the word to them. Mm -hmm. So he's doing it again, and he's. Yeah. It, but it's word and deed, right? Yes, it's conversation yeah. and action. Yes, um, and so he's modeling it for them as he's telling them about it, mm -hmm. um, and I think 
embedded in that is a call for us to do the same, right? Uh, that we are to proclaim the love of Christ in word and in deed. We're supposed to talk about it, and we're also supposed to act on it and do it. Yep, yeah, which connects really well with the, like, into the water, out of the water. Right, right. that's why I think you're, you've stumbled on a really good extended metaphor that could really be drawn. Maybe maybe we'll be uh, be riffing on that for a bit. <laughs> yeah. I, um, this... And when I read uh, Jesus, those who are well have no need of a physician, but the, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I have come to call, not the righteous, but sinners. I had two follow-up questions. Okay. <laughs> Why not call both? And then also, so there are righteous, question mark, right? Like when Jesus says call not the righteous but sinners do you think that he is honestly recognizing other folks as being righteous in the world how do you hear him saying that well this is this is where you get into a more biting reading of jesus words in my opinion Mm -hmm. because i think jesus jesus is calling all of us because we're all sinners and it's just a matter of time before the righteous realize their own sin Mm. Sure. Okay. Right? And mm-hmm. so some folks aren't far enough along the path to recognize that they are also in need of Jesus. So they're the ones who are standing on the outside casting stones or criticizing Jesus for eating with tax collectors and sinners. Eventually, through the course of Jesus' life and ministry, they're going to come to realize that they too are in need mm-hmm. of the grace that Jesus is offering. But right now, they're standing in this place where they perceive themselves to be the righteous ones sure okay yeah i was just curious that's yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah but jesus is doing a new thing and that's the last two verses that's the whole point that he's saying is this is a new thing pay attention this is a new thing and he uses two metaphors for that right sewing sewing an unshrunk cloth on an old cloak and then the the new wines and the old wineskins so he's just Trying to give people tangible examples of, I'm doing a new thing here. Pay attention. Yep. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's also... Um, <laughs> I, I've mentioned this somewhere, but I don't really know where. Um, I, don't re- I don't really know enough about ancient wineskins mm-hmm. to, to really understand what's happening with this metaphor other than... Um, yeah, Jesus is, is saying that, like, this is yeah, this is a new thing, um, and to I don't know, like, and so it needs like room to do its <clears throat> to do its own thing. It does make me think that like, <laughs> could this be a fermentation issue? Something that I read sort of suggested that. That's what I'm thinking. Is that right? An old wine skin would be fixed in its size. And so if you put wine in there and it was still fermenting and it needs space to expand, it's going to pop an old wine skin. Yeah, whereas a new wine old skin... old and brittle and would crack. Yeah, whereas a new wine skin... And a wine skin, I think, was the organ of an animal, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, what I, I did some very brief... Uh-huh. Uh, like, made out of leather. Um, whether or not it was the organ, organ? of the okay. like, I don't know. But... but 
think fresh leather has the capacity to expand as the wine is still fermenting. Yeah. And, and you know a thing or two about fermentation and the need for space in, in fermentation. Mm-hmm. So this should be a good metaphor for you, right? Yeah, if that is, yeah, if that's true, that that's what folks were doing with wine skins. Yeah, like, um, <laughs> yeah, you could put it in there and it like may not be completely done fermenting and would still do a little bit more. Like, I mean, it's just like your starter loaf thing or whatever you've got growing in Sourdough. your fridge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like a, a new, if it was fresh leather, just like when you get a new pair of shoes or something, like they can, can yeah, it'll stretch and form and change its shape to yeah. meet your foot uh, and to meet whatever pressure is getting added to it from the fermentation. But it makes me think that um, this is really inefficient. Every time that I have a new batch of wine, I need new wine skins. Mm-hmm. Like, what do I do with all my like? Eventually, I'm just gonna have a big stack of old wine skins, and the they seem expensive. These are wine skins. I don't know about the economics of wine skins. Yeah, I don't know. But I think the bottom line is Jesus offers two distinct, tangible metaphors for people to understand something new is happening, and um, and he's. Again, he's saying it and he's living it out. He's inviting Levi to follow him and he's having dinner with sinners and tax collectors. He's doing something new. Something no other religious authority would ever do would be sit at table with sinners and tax collectors. He's showing that and then he's talking about it. Mm-hmm. Right? So something new is happening. Pay attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And people are paying attention. Right? Yeah. Like in these first two chapters of Mark, we have huge crowds already following Jesus that quickly. Yeah. Yeah. And also, don't try to make the new thing fit into the old thing. Correct. That's important. And that's okay. both of these metaphors <clears throat> specifically speak to that. Yeah, like the old thing was great for what it was for. Nothing wrong with the old and thing. And it did an amazing job at that. Um, this new thing may not fit in that. Right. And, and so we might need to give it space um, to do whatever it is that it needs or is seeking to do. Excuse me. Okay, well, did we get it all? I think we got some material there to work with. Okay, that sounds good. All right. Like some sort of weird reverse hiccup situation going on. So should I close with prayer? Yeah, you should. Let's, uh, let's pray. Gracious and loving God, you are doing a new thing in us each and every day. If only we have the heart to know what's happening and the mind to follow along. We would ask you, God, to, to soften our hearts and open our minds to what it is that you're doing that is new in our lives and in our communities and in the world so that we can align ourselves and our living with that work to be true disciples and followers of you and of your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And that's all we have to say about that. Indeed. So, we got some... Uh, Announcements about what's going on in life, the church. Yeah, maybe we do. <laughs> sure, uh, we're 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 back from Christmas break, so we have our uh, eight thirty contemplative service, our nine fifteen Sunday school hour, and our ten thirty traditional worship. Uh, that's what's going on. There we were also, a lot of cars in the lot for that eight thirty. Was there was that pretty full service it this was. time around? Yeah, 
Um, yeah, I got there early, uh, and Mary Plock, who was our musician for the service, goes, I just don't know how many people are going to show up today. Mm-hmm. And I said, I bet it's our standard 20 to 30 for that early service. And sure enough, it was. It was on the high end. Yeah, I pulled into the lot like, right about 8.30, and there were like, quite a few cars. It seemed like maybe more cars than, than usual. I said, oh, so. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah. 9.15 Sunday School Hour. We're also restarting Wednesday Night Live this week um, and hoping that the weather will be good enough for us to do that on Wednesday. I think it should be. Looks like it this should be storm fine. is supposed to pass, uh, clear up by Tuesday morning. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll kind of play that by ear and get the word out about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, there's a kind of a little bit of a... Not a lull, per se, but uh, it's a little quieter for the next couple of weeks. And then we start getting ready for Lent, and Lent comes early. Ash Wednesday is the 14th of February. Right. This year, uh, there's an organ concert at some point. Folks might want to put on their calendars now. Indeed, that organ concert is on the Sunday before Ash Wednesday, which I think would be February 11th. That sounds right. We're going to have a guest organist play at church that morning, and then there will be a concert that afternoon. Um, so that's pretty exciting. And while things are a little quieter in the programmatic life of the church, uh, we're busy getting ready for our annual congregational meeting, which is an important thing in the world of Presbyterianism. Yes. Uh, so we're working on putting together the uh, annual report and budgets and uh, all that stuff. So uh, stay tuned for that. That's the last Sunday in January. We hope you can join us for that. Uh, what else? That seems that seems like the big stuff. All right. Yeah. Well, until next week. Yeah. With all those things said and done, until next time. Toodaloo.